0: Well, Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is Pastor Lester Hayes this morning and it is June Thursday, June the 24th. Amen. 2021. Our youngest son Alex's birthday today. Amen. And we're celebrating his birthday. Sending our birthday wishes to him this morning. Amen. Wonderful son. Wonderful husband. Amen. Wonderful father to his two children. Just a wonderful young man. Love God. In an uh, entrepreneur owns his own business, and we're here this morning in Grassy Pond at a resort here. Been fishing the last three days with him, and we've had some success celebrating his birthday. Went out on the pontoon boat yesterday with the kids, and I'll tell you, it was hot out there, but we had fun. And so, we're wrapping up our visit here today, our last day. But I want to just uh, ask you all that who know Alex that you sent him a birthday wish this morning as we celebrate his birthday today. This is how he wanted to spend it, amen. So, we thank God for him wonderful young man of God. All of our kids are just blessed and wonderful, like grandkids. And we thank God for each and every one of them. Amen. One of them is on the line with us this morning, Pastor Phoebe, his older sister. Amen. Her husband, Pastor Eric, from More Than Conquers Warriors Christ Ministry. So we just thank God this morning. Amen. That we get to celebrate Christ with our children, celebrate their birthdays and whatnot. And we just give God praise. So, so excited this morning. Amen. So let's just get into the lesson this morning. Pray and get into the lesson. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Lord, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is your kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Now, Holy Spirit, we ask you to do a work in our midst this morning. You are a comforter, you are a helper this morning. We ask you to just help us get through this lesson this morning. Say what it is you want said this morning, hear what it is you want us to hear this morning, and go on and do what it is you guide us to do. You lead us to do as you walk alongside of us to confirm the word as we prepare this morning to receive the revelations of jesus christ the work of the holy spirit so we thank you for it now guide us and lead us through it in jesus wonderful name we pray amen Then, amen well praise the lord praise the lord I'd like to welcome all of you this morning again this is pastor lester Hayes this morning and we're going to be teaching and talking about the revelations of jesus christ this morning the work of the holy spirit amen we thank god that he is still with us the holy spirit and he lives in every believer and he does a work amen within every believer now he don't work in unbelievers he worked on unbelievers to convict them so there's a difference amen so what we're going to do this morning we're going to talk about the work of the holy spirit in the life of the believer that's that's the revelation we're going to deal with but we want to bear in mind the distinction that's made the contrast is made between the unbeliever how he convicts and works on them but he works through us amen and so we give god praise for that revelation and we want to start our study this morning in the book of john chapter 16 we're going to start at verse 7 and try to get down to verse 15 that's our that's our goal that's our target this morning and again we're ministering from the subject amen of the work of the holy spirit so everything you're going to hear me say this morning amen every scripture reference It's going to be specifically targeted toward the work of the Holy Spirit. I think it's so important, so significant that we understand and embrace the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We do work. But our work, you know, is, is is subordinate to what he does through us. Amen. He's that he's that additional helper. Help us to to do that extra work that sometimes we can't find the wisdom or the knowledge and understanding. Don't even know why sometimes why God have us in the positions to help us in do the things we do. But we're gonna learn this morning, amen, that it's all the work of the Holy Spirit. So as we go to the to the word this morning again in chapter 16 of the book of John, verse 7, we're gonna pick up there. And it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. I love that because when Jesus was getting ready to leave, he prayed to the father that he would send the spirit of truth that where the Holy Ghost, which is the spirit of truth to be that comforter, that counselor, that helper, that additional helper. And that's the truth. I mean, the word is the truth. And so when you hear Jesus speak and when you hear the the revelations and the word of God being taught by the, the men and women of God, the in the bible i'm talking about the the original prophets the, the original apostles you know the foundation that he says there's no greater foundation that can be laid that's the truth i mean no matter what nobody else come up with books are written and all that stuff and what people speculate and assume they know but the gospel is the truth this is what jesus came to bring the truth so that men would know the truth and they'll be free by the truth Amen. We're talking about moral and ethical truth here. And so why would God send you some other spirit? Amen. If he wants you to know the truth as he's departing. And that's why he prayed to the father that you send your promise, which is the spirit of truth to be with us, to lead us, to guide us, to teach us, even to bring back our to our remembrance. What he said about the truth when he was physically with them. And so we know he's getting ready to transition. He's no longer going to be with them physically but now he's going to be with them spiritually through the holy ghost the truth amen and so he says nevertheless i tell you the truth he's been telling the truth the whole time he's been with them why he's the way the truth in the life he cannot lie and so whatever he said the whole time he was here in these 21 chapters of john and other references to jesus it was the truth take it to the bank you can believe it so let's see what he's got to say about the spirit of truth amen and he goes on to say nevertheless i tell you the truth It is expedient for you that I go away. In other words, I've done all I can do physically right now while I'm with you. I did exactly what the Father told me to do. I can't go beyond that. I can't do any less than that. But because I've done everything that the Father sent me here to do, it is time. My hour has come now. I got to go. But I'm not going to leave you confident. I'm not going to leave you without help. I'm going to send you, okay, and the Father and I am going to send you, His spirit, which is what He promised us. That's the truth, y'all. God ain't no man that He should lie. He don't tell you stuff and don't do it. You're getting ready now to see uh, the Paraclete come and be with you. The the one that's gonna walk alongside of you. The one that's gonna be gonna come alongside to help you and at the same time teach you even more things to come show you things to come and then he's going to bring everything back to you that i shared with you while i was with you because we don't want you to get away from the truth we want you to continue to have the truth reinforcement of the truth as it continues to make us free amen that's why there's so much emphasis on the truth when Jesus was here, he told the truth. And now the Holy Spirit is going to be here. God with you, Emmanuel, he's going to tell you the truth. They're not going to give you a different message. Amen. Uh, it's all going to be the truth. And so he said, I must speed. I go away for if I go not away, listen to it. The comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And so what he's talking about, he's going to come to help you. That's why I got to send him to you because I'm no longer here so you still got to have a helper. You still got to have someone to help, amen, because this is not an easy task to carry this truth, to carry this burden, amen, that the lost is out there, need to know the truth that they can be free, okay? Someone has still got to be, and Jesus told Peter, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, yeah, I love you, Lord. Three times he asked him to then feed my sheep. They got to know the truth, Peter. They got to know the truth that made you free, Peter. You know, it was, it was tough for you, Peter, but eventually you got it. But now that you have it, you got to share it, okay? It's the truth. That same truth that made you free going to make everybody else free. And Peter was filled with the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Truth, just like the rest of the apostles when they went back in the upper room. We know the story, you know. And so he's telling Peter, he's challenging people. You know, he, he, the Holy Spirit, he, he helps, he helps. What is his help? What kind of help do he provide uh, to replace Christ's presence for the believer's good? You know, he still wants the believers as he's leaving to experience the goodness of the Lord. That's what leads people to repentance. It's the goodness of the Lord. It's that good news of the gospel. That's the power of God in the salvation. That's the truth, Ruth. You know, it's it's that it's that it's this the power of God in the salvation. And Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the truth. In other words, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Okay, that is the power of God and the salvation for all, all who shall believe. How can they believe except they hear? How can they hear except there be a preacher? And how can you preach except you be sent? Oh, how beautiful are the feet of those who proclaim the good news of the gospel, who tell people the truth, who get on the level of God and tell people the truth. Amen. Truth brokers, you know, you know, we ain't selling it. We're sharing it. Amen. Under the power and leaders and guidance of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And Paul said, it ain't I no more, it's the Christ that's in me, that help, the help is in me, the helper is in me, and greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. And so we know that he replaces the physical presence of God on the earth, and he brings in a spiritual presence that he may be with us and in us and walking alongside of us. The Bible said he's a comforter, that word means in the Greek, parokletos, means one who comes alongside, that's the truth there's someone walking alongside of every believer. You might not know him. You might not experience him, but know today by the scripture, he is there. Amen. When you need him, he is there. He doesn't forsake you. He doesn't abandon you. His sole purpose, the truth about him, he's there to be a comforter. He's there to be a helper. And we don't determine what he does. God does. That's why Jesus and the father sent him. They already gave him his, his marching orders, amen. He knows what to do, amen. He is God with us, the Holy Ghost, amen. And so understand that this morning, okay? He He spiritually replaces the physical presence of God on the earth with every believer. His name is Counselor, the Comforter, the Helper. The Holy Spirit is called the Comforter, and the Greek that means parakletos, meaning one that comes alongside, amen. And uh, we'll come back to this verse because I want to go into a little bit more detail uh, 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 presentation of the scriptures, but let's go ahead and go through these other verses, and I'm gonna come back to verse seven because there is some revelation there that I want to spend a little bit more time on. Verse eighty says, "And when He, now I notice He said He, ain't no it. When He, that's the truth. You got to get that distinction because a lot of people are still saying it, 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 like it's a thing. No, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead body. He is the third person of the Trinity. He is God with us. He was sent to us by the Father and the Son." to be with us, a, 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 a living person, the Holy Spirit. He's just invisible. He's just spiritual. You can't really see him, but you see the evidence of him. Okay? You, you you see him when you see Jesus. You see him when you see Father because they're one in the same. Okay? They're one. Okay? And so he says here, when he is come, he will, and I don't see no it in there, he will reprove the world of sin. Amen. The more we talk about him, the more the world can be reproved, or reproved of sin. Remember now, the doctrine is what reproves people, tells them what they did wrong. Now, you can get out here and slander people and tell them all day long, but see, when you start telling them what the Word says, that's what reproves them. That's why he wanted them to know the truth, okay? You give the people the truth. Just tell them what, you know, what the Word says, okay? Be led by the Holy Spirit. He's going to reprove them. Remember what Paul told Timothy, you know, over in the second book of Timothy, third chapter, verse 16, 18, he said, all scripture is breathed by God. It's inspired of God. It's good for doctrine. It's the truth. It's good for reproof. Okay, it tells you what you did wrong. Okay, and it's good for correction. It tells you what to, how to do wrong, how to right a wrong. And it says it's good for the instruction of righteousness. Now, listen at the reason. So that every man may be thoroughly furnished and prepared unto every good work. That's the reason now. If you try to do, it with, do anything else with it, you're taking the truth and you're, and you're making it something that it's not intended to be. And a lot of people do that. And sometimes they market it, try to sell it. But to do that, they got to put a little spin on it. They don't want to keep it pure. They don't want to keep it infallible. They don't want to keep it in th- authentic. They don't want to keep it original the way he said it. That's why we're reading exactly what he said. And I'm not reading a it in here. I'm reading a he in here. When he's come, okay, he's going to bring the truth. And it says, you know, when he is come, he will reprove the world, even the world. Isn't that a broad influence right there? Man, just think if the whole world could be convicted of the truth and get away, break away from this lie that's being told right now that they're chasing after. You know, the Bible said that in the last days, they will call right, wrong, and wrong, right. But he said, let them continue. I'll separate when I come. You just keep telling the truth. He goes on to say, and of righteousness, because there's unrighteousness, he's going to convict them of righteousness. And of judgment, we don't have to judge. The Bible says and I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5 or verse 20, verse 4. Uh, Chapter 4, verse 5, it says, You know, judge nothing before it's time. Because look, he, the the Holy Spirit, gonna bring some judgment. That's a righteous judgment. Mm -hmm. That's a deserving judgment. That's a true judgment. You know, that's why he don't want us to do it because if we don't judge ourselves, we ain't got no benefit to judge nobody else. So so we leave the judgment up to him. Now, when you give the word, the word will judge a person, it'll convict him, you know. And and so we go on here and he says, Judgment. And that means he convicts the world, the areas of conviction what is he going to convict him of, Pastor Sharon? Sin mm-hmm. and righteousness yeah. and judgment. Yeah, so remember those three things now, what he said he's going to do in the world, okay, mm-hmm. of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. That pretty much covers, right, covers it right there. So we don't have to get in that business. Our business should be let the Holy Spirit use us to spread the truth, to spread the good news of the gospel, to be truth brokers, to be messengers of the truth. We don't have to get into judgment. We do that a lot because that's our nature. We think because I'm a pastor, or I'm this or I'm that, I get to judge people. I get to judge my other fellow clergy. I get to judge, you know, presidents and whoever. I, I just get bold. I get caught up in my own self-righteousness, you know. So we have to be so, so careful because look at what the Holy Spirit is saying. You do your job to spread the good news, the truth. I will do my job to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. You know, you, because we're going to mess it up if we try to do it, you know. And sometimes we think it makes us sound more anointed to call somebody out. You know, I'm guilty. I've been there, but I'm getting better. I'm asking the Lord right now to reprove me of that. Show me how wrong that is, and then I can, he can help me correct that. And that's what I'm doing right now because I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying these revelations because I'm being first partaker. See, I'm being freed by the truth right now. See, I've, I've read this stuff, and I know this stuff. But when you start partaking of it, it changes you now from being judgmental. It changes the little bit of unrighteousness that's left in you called self-righteousness. You know, if there's sin in there, it'll purge that sin out. You just have to let the word of God, the power of God, be the one that sanctifies us. Remember the prayer Jesus prayed over in the book of John, chapter 17, verse 17. Sanctify them, Father, with thy word. Thy word is truth. See, this is what's taking place right now. I'm being purged right now. I'm being first partaker right now because I don't want to be judging nobody that the Holy Spirit is supposed to judge them. I don't want to be dealing with nobody in my own self that The Holy Spirit is going to convict them. I don't want to be telling nobody about their sin. You sin you're you going to die and go to hell. I don't want to get into that business. Yeah. My job is to spread the good news of the gospel. Tell the people the truth. Why? He says, how can they believe? He said, they yeah. hear. And how can they hear? He said, there'll be a preacher. And Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It ain't I no more. It's the Christ in me. Mm -hmm. Amen. So he goes on to say there, what the Holy Spirit, the areas he's going to convict the world of. Sin, number one. Righteousness, number two. And judgment, number three. So preachers, teachers, clergy, bishops, apostles out there who thank God sent you here to judge everybody out there. Uh, Get out of that business. It's not your business. Stop doing the Holy Ghost work. Let him do the work that he's supposed to do. Let us do the work we're supposed to do. We're preachers. We're supposed to be teachers and the lord said if you love me then teach give my sheep something to eat don't judge them don't condemn them okay that ain't your job that ain't our job that ain't my job our job is to be not ashamed of the gospel but to spread the good news tell the truth that's the limit of what we should do and so get off of yourself righteous horse get off your high-mindedness and come on back down and humble yourself and let the holy spirit work through you let him walk alongside of you to perform the word of god But you got to preach and teach the word of God for him to perform the word of God. He ain't going to teach him. He ain't going to perform your word. He's going to perform his father's word, God's word. So let's go on here to verse 9. He says, of sin, more conviction, because they believe not on me, not on you, but on him. You know, a lot of times we think they, that if they don't believe me, they're going to condemn. They're going to die and go to hell. A lot of times we make ourselves the example and not Jesus Christ and his teachings you know we'll say we're the example i'm the example no we're not we're a filthy rag before god compared to his righteousness we got a long way to go it's just the grace of god that he even think about using some ordinary folks like us who, who barely been saved for a minute you know still working at our salvation So we're not the example. It's the Christ in us, and we have to present him in everything we do, say, think. You know, we have to present Christ. We got to talk about Christ. We got to lift up his name, not my name, not my ministry, not all the great things that I've done. And and don't use my testimony to take the place of what I got to say by God. My testimony is to overcome them, okay? Overcome them that's trying to kill me, that hate me, okay? My testimony is not God. He said, you know, we overcome them, and that them he's talking about is those haters out there, okay? And so that's not God. Talk about my testimony. Talk about the blood of the Lamb. Talk about not loving this life unto death. All those things are used to, over, given to us to overcome them, the adversary. They overcame by these things, the adversary, the one that's trying to kill us and destroy you. But Jesus is the one's name that's got to be lifted up so he can draw men to him, and he does it through loving kindness. And so overcome them. I hear people a lot of times say they, 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 but they never tell you who they are. Mm. And we've been learning about the haters. Remember I talked the other day about the religious folks. Mm. There's a religious spirit. Call them religionist, arrogant, prideful. Remember that lesson? uh, I think it was Monday. those, Those are the ones that we overcome. Okay, We let God deal with them, but we overcome them. We don't get caught up in their trap, their web of lies, their web of evil influence. Remember we talked about... 4,400 different denominations out there that deny the deity of Christ. These are the ones we're talking about. We, we don't join them. We overcome them. Okay. We overcome that gospel that they spread because it's not the truth. Okay. So hopefully the picture is coming clear to you right now. So let's go a little further here. He says of sin because they believe not on me. Okay, so the conviction, number one, is of sin because they did not believe in Jesus. Not in you, not in me, not in anyone came before us, amen, but Jesus, because nobody else can save them. Elijah couldn't, Paul couldn't, none none of the major, minor prophets before us. Moses couldn't, Abraham couldn't. I can't, you can't, other bishops out there, Jake can't, no man can save nobody. Even though a lot of times people say, oh, my, my they they saved my life. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. He is the only one. And until you believe on him, you can't be saved. Mm You know, until you believe on him, you can't receive the Holy Spirit. You can't receive God in you, the spirit of truth. Okay, so let's be clear about that. We don't need to add nothing to that. You know, I don't need to twist your arm and convict you that. The word right here says it. That's the truth. You know, this is why he wants us to know the truth. Amen. He says, you know of sin because they believe me or not. That's the conviction number one of sin because they did not believe Jesus, you know, whether they believe you or not. If they don't believe Jesus, they ain't going to be saved. They're not going to receive the Holy Spirit, period. That's the truth now. Don't put yourself in place of Jesus. I'm not putting myself in place of Jesus. I don't save nobody. Pastor And I don't save nobody. I ain't trying to save nobody. We're trying to tell them about the Savior of the world. Mm-hmm. And so if he's the Savior of the world, he's willing to take on that level of responsibility, then he has the right to judge it Okay, of sin, righteousness, and judgment. It's on him. We're just going to let him grow together and he'll separate when he come. because we'll make a mess if we try to do it. I ain't telling nobody who's dying and going to hell. I ain't telling nobody they going to bust hell wide open. It's not my job. It's not my job. My job is to preach the good news of the gospel. Just like he said, if you love me, you know, feed my sheep. Give them something to eat. The best thing to eat for a believer is the truth because it makes them free and more free. You know, when people are free, they can free other people. Verse 10, he says of righteousness because I go to my father and ye see me no more. So there it is right there. Another conviction is of righteousness because Jesus's righteousness is proven. It's proven. Everything you see Jesus do is what the father sent him to do. He never did anything but that. And he did it to perfection without sin. That's the truth now. If you're looking for what it looks like in a person's life when it's activated, when it works, look at Jesus, profile Jesus, imitate Jesus, and you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong if you strive to imitate Jesus, if you strive to please the Father in righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. He said in the book of uh, Romans uh, chapter 14, verse 16 to 17, you will be accepted of God and approved of men. But see, that's, 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 that, that's that fruit of the Spirit being manifest through the Spirit of Truth, the Holy Ghost. If you aim and strive to please me in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And he just named three fruit of the Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Why? Because righteousness is one of the areas he's going to convict us in. Why? Because of self-righteousness and unrighteousness. That's a huge problem. It speaks of arrogance and pride. What we talked about the other day, the haters, the religious folks, they operate in that stuff. We're not operating in that. We're operating in the truth, amen? We're anchored and rooted in the truth because the spirit of truth coming to live in us is going to activate the truth in us, the righteousness of God in us, and let it flow out. That way we'll be accepted of God and approved of men. So let's go on a little further here. Because Jesus' righteousness is proven, he is ascended as the Lord back to the Father. Now, if he had not yet finished the work proven that he was who he said he was, who the father said he was, he bare witness of him, he would still be here. But because he finished the extent of what he was here to do, his time came, it was time for him to depart. But he did not leave them confident. You know? And so he, he, he finished his work, established that righteousness with them, and now he left. You know, he ascended back to the father and took his rightful place. Amen. But he did not leave us confident. Verse 11, he says of judgment. There it is again. Remember sin, righteousness and judgment. Just breaking it down further here of judgment. Why judgment? Because the prince of this world is judged. There it is right there. Mm -hmm. If you see the, if you see what's happening here now, he's judging the prince of the world before he judges people. See, judging the people is yet to come. Y'all see how far we get ahead of God, we start judging people now? And it ain't even Judgment Day. Come on. That's why he says, don't leave it in the hands of man to determine your fate, because man will try to get ahead of God. But he says, he's judging the prince of this world first because he's the corporate. He's the one behind tricking people, lying to people, getting them to the, you know, try to mix, up, mix them up and confuse them about the truth. That's like he did in the Garden with Eve. You know, but the Lord got his eyes on him. He said, I'm going to judge the prince of this world. You don't do that. Uh, And and so, in other words, when I judge the prince of this world, if you're still serving him, then you're going to be judged with the same judgment he's going to be judged with. Mm -hmm. But this is the time you got to hear the truth so you can break away from. That's not your destiny. You should not want that to be your end state. You know, remember now, hell is created, going to be created for who? Satan and his followers. And if I follow him, instead of working out my own salvation with fear and trembling and doing to the end to be saved, I'm going to be judged just like he's being judged. Remember him and all his followers? That's who originally got cast out, a third of the angels along with him. So what do you think going to happen in the end when we're standing before the great white throne judgment? If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ and believed on him, then that's the end. Then you got the judgment. Now you're going to be judged and determine what's going to be your reward or your punishment. And that's that second death. Yeah. So if I was you, I'd go ahead and die to, the, to them lies now. So I can come alive spiritually now. Mm-hmm. Now I got some help and a confidence to help me work out my own salvation with fear and trembling and do it to the end so I can be saved. Yeah. This is why he's with us now. To help us to work it out. While the Lord is judging the prince right now, who's in chains right now behind heaven, behind this, uh, 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 God's throne. Michael and them got him in chains. He's going to be released before it's over. You're going to get another shot before it's over. Okay, but we got to continue to overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony. And we love not this life unto death. I love that because there is a life coming that we got to fall in love with and begin today to live our life in light of that eternity. That's the truth now. That's what we're striving for. And we can't do it in our own self righteousness, we can't do it in our judgmental, dogmatic spirit. You know, the Lord said that you love me, humble yourself under the hand of Almighty God. I'll exhort you in due time. You don't have to exhort yourself. You know, you don't have to be somebody that you're not. I I love when I open up the word, man, that I get convicted. You know, I love that. You know, instead of having people convict me, I go to the word and let the word convict me. And I get convicted real easy, you know, because we still a work in progress. We haven't arrived yet. I'm, I'm not the example. Christ is the example in me. You know, it's he, his greatest, Paul said, greater is he that's in me than he that is in this world. You know, it's not I, but it's the Christ. You know, we, we have to die daily, crucify this flesh, put it underneath us. And when we present something to him, to people, I hope we're presenting Jesus Christ and not our own self-image, not our own self-righteousness, you know. And so don't forget, give him all of the credit. Why? He's proven himself. That's what it says. Jesus has, he said he has proven, you know, his righteousness. And so, please, let's give him what he's already done. Let's, let's tell the truth about him, you know. And if you tell the truth about him, he'll tell the truth about you. He'll show it to the world. Mm. So, let's go a little further here. Now, he says, um, you know, of judgment because the prince of this world is judged, meaning Satan, of judgment because Jesus Christ condemned Satan as we see uh, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, verse 14 through 15 the King James Bible. And that scripture says, For as much then as the children are partakers of the flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. Verse 15, he says, And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. That's powerful, man. See, so Jesus was doing a mighty work that was going to expand all the way to the end for any one man who would see him as the Bible said that he's the one in Philippians 2.15 that have already spoiled Sage principalities, okay? He's already stripped him of his power. He's already made a show of him opening. He didn't do that, man, just so he could have a trophy to say what he did. He did that because of this scripture, right? Because he knew that there was no other way for us. We were, we were no match for him without Christ. We was no match for him without him fighting that battle and winning that battle for us so he, so, he, so he could eliminate the fear of him. That's why I say God did not give us a spirit of fear, but he gave us a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. This is, this is through this work that Jesus Christ did that we received that power. And the guarantee on that is the Holy Spirit sealed us in that in this in this deliverance right here the only way we cannot walk in it is we step out and get into our own understanding try to do our own thing you know and try to make myself the example of, of christ no jesus is and if he's in us that's all the proof i need that's all the example i need just talk about jesus talk about what he did talk about what he's doing talk about what he said he was going to do that's what backs Satan down. Remember the, uh, Pastor Sharon taught us not too long ago in the book of James? You know, says, hey, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and what's the devil going to do? Flee from you. He knows when, you, when you're making Jesus the example and not yourself, he loves self-righteousness. Those two and fro. those are the people that he comes into and, and, and have his way, the self-righteous. That's why the Lord said, beware of the righteousness of the Pharisees. You know, there's no righteousness at all. Beware of the leaven, that little bit of leaven, that little bit of self-righteousness, that little bit of judgmental, dogmatic spirit, that little bit of sin, that little fox that spoils the vine. Beware, he says, you know, stay away from it. Don't go there. You don't have to. It's enough in this word to talk about Jesus. that don't never have to mention me because I'm not the Savior. You're not the Savior. We're not the Savior. Your favorite apostle, prophet, they're not the Savior. You know, Jesus is, and we got to lift him up that he can draw all men into him. And the Holy Spirit is the one who who helps us to lift up Jesus in truth. Because it's accurate. It's been proven. Mm. We don't have to add to it, take nothing from it. We keep it unadulterated, infallible, authentic, original, and pure. Mm. He goes on to say here, you know, uh, he says, you know, in, in those two verses, and deliver them uh, who, through fear of death, were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Mm-hmm. That's the course we were on. But Jesus came and intervened, came and died, broke that cycle. No more fear of death. You know, why? Because he He gives it and he takes it away. So it's, 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 if you die in Christ, guess what? Though you be dead, yes, shall you live. Because there's a crown of salvation waiting for you. Only if you die in Christ now. That's what he's saying. So now we don't have to fear death. We embrace it because we know we'll be absent from this body. We'll be present with the Lord. Then we'll all be in spiritual bodies. And so guess what? We can see Jesus the way he is now. Why? Because we'll be just like him. So we're living our life today through the help of the Holy Ghost in light of that eternity, in light of that reality. That's the truth that we need to embrace. So let's go a little further here. Verse 12, he says, I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Okay, so he's telling them, I'm going to guide believers. Isn't that who the Holy Spirit is, the Spirit of truth? He's going to guide you. Okay, until he reveals more things to you, he's still going to guide you into all truth. Trust him. Okay, he's not, he says, if you have not, your eyes haven't seen it yet, that's okay. Your ears haven't heard it yet, that's okay. Hadn't entered into your heart yet, that's okay. As long as you love me, I'm going to guide you. As long as you love me, as long as you trust me, as long as you, 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 you rely on me, hope in me, as long as you are assured of me, you know, I, I, I be confident in what I say. I'm going to guide you. Remember, that's who the Holy Spirit is. He's that guide that comes alongside, that helper. Mm-hmm. Amen. So he's going to take care of that. You know, he's going to guide us into all understanding, into all wisdom, all knowledge. He's going to show us really the plan of God, the plan of salvation. He's going to reveal it to us. That's what revelations are. You know, he keeps guiding us until he's ready to reveal some level of truth to us. And we got to learn to wait on him, search for him, seek after him. Verse 13, he says, How be when he. The spirit of truth, that's a big S there, is come. He will guide, there it is. He will guide you into all truth, not some truth, not speculation, not assumption, not thinking I know what I don't know, but waiting on the Lord. Let him guide me until I, bam, that light go off and it spring forth, okay? That's what faith is. Faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That means that springing forth, that truth that hits you at that time, and you know that that was God. Couldn't have been nobody else but him. It was too supernatural. It was too miraculous. The doctor said, hey, did that." I'm going to give you this, but, you know, it's a stage four, nothing else I can do. But bam, all of a sudden, man, you go back 30 days later and they said, my God, don't know what happened. It's not there anymore. We know it springs forward. I'm so glad I put my trust in. His word that he sent to heal my disease and rescue me from destruction i'm so glad that i never treated the doctor like he was my healer but i knew jesus was my healer who healed all my disease all my infirmity that's the truth he was wounded for my transgression bruised for my iniquity chest time and my peace was upon him with whose stripes i'm healed. whose report do you believe i believe the report of the lord because it's based on truth you know and so he says it right there man even when that spirit of truth has come man He will guide you into all truth for he shall not speak. Listen to this very, this precept right here. I want you to hear. He will not speak of himself. Mm. My God, that's powerful. Y'all. That's a deliverance for a lot of people right there who always speak of themselves. They make themselves the, 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 the prime example of God. When we fall short, well short of what Jesus is, he is the example because he's the only name by which men can be saved. And he's in us. And so we should talk about the one that's in us and not us in us or not us in him. It's, it's so amazing. Sometimes when I listen to people and they'll say, uh, you know, uh, we got to remain in him, but we never get to that point. Where we say he got to remain in us. Mm-hmm. You know, remember John, when he was preaching, John didn't say I must decrease so he can increase. John said, as he increased, I'll decrease. He must increase so I can decrease. Mm-hmm. You know, but a lot of preachers would say we have to decrease so that he can increase. We'll never do it. We'll never achieve it. But as Christ increases in us, he pushes us out of us. Because he don't want the us in us. He wants the Christ in us. That's the hope. That's what Paul was saying. It's not I anymore. I mean, look at what Paul did to the saints with, with being in Paul. You know, following Caesar's guidance. And so he script Paul of that. He said, Paul, Paul, why persecuted thou me? Paul didn't think he was persecuting him. Paul thought he was doing his will, just like a lot of folks out here now. You know, but God wanted to do his will through us. He wanted to work his miracles through us. And we have to yield ourselves to him, humble ourselves under the hand of Almighty God, and he will exalt us and guide us into all truth. Amen. He says, you know, for he shall not speak of himself and neither should we, but whosoever he shall say whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. Okay. Through guiding them into all truth, all the believers through speaking the truth, through showing them things to come. Those three things right there, you can count on. That's the truth. That's how the truth works. That sums up the truth right there. Anything outside of that, it's not based on truth. It's based on my assumption, my speculation, my opinion. And sometimes we stretch the truth way out there to try to make a point. We don't have to. The truth holds its own. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yes. got the weight to prove itself. Yes. You don't have to add nothing to it. You don't have to. You don't have to spruce it up. Make it sound so. Oh my God! You know. You know you know, it's, powerful. The truth is powerful. And that's what God gave us. Uh, verse 14, he says, and he shall glorify me, my God, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. So you're going to receive of him. The father and the son is sending you the Holy spirit. Okay. So you're going to receive of him, the spirit of truth. So what am I going to receive from him? I'm going to receive wisdom. I'm going to receive I'm talking about spiritual wisdom now, That's spiritual right. wisdom that can't be learned. It has to be revealed and given to you by the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. Instruction, spiritual instruction. So I don't be spiritually literate or ignorant. Why? Because people perish for a lack of knowledge because yes. they look at the word of God figuratively and literally don't look at it spiritually. You can't do it in your natural mind. You know some things have to change spirits and this is what he gonna give you to do the ability to spiritually discern the word you know you know now now when you understand the word that's for the application of the principles the concepts you know the ordinances the laws but now when you discern the word that takes it to a whole different level cuz see when you start discerning the word that's 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 war talk see because if you don't know your enemy and his strategies okay he'll walk all over you Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you how crafty he is, Pastor Jeff, how cunning he is. He would take the very truth that you say you know and try to deceive you with it. That's right. Yes, it That's why you have to be discerned between what is right and what is wrong spiritually, mm-hmm. not just naturally, but spiritually. And so when you look at the word, you 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 know, you l- l- let me put it this way, okay? The word of God was originally written in Chaldean, Aramaic, Hebrew, and Greek, four different uh, 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 languages of the word. Now, when you think about on the day of Pentecost, when the Lord poured out his spirit, and you can go verify this, he poured it out on the Jews, poured it out on the first apostles, and there were 12 apostles, sets of apostles there, but you also had 12 tribes of people that came to the celebration, and they heard them speak in their language. OK, now I wasn't talking about a, a Holy Ghost language. It was talking about their language. But the only way they could do that was because of the Holy Ghost that came on them like cloven tongues of fire. Why? God did not want those 50 different languages that came to that celebration to go away saying, well, he spoke to them but didn't speak to us. Mm. You know, so these were their twelve apostles. They were he was setting them up because guess what? Once he left and they received the Holy Spirit, he said, You're gonna be a witness. You're gonna go back and be a witness in your own language to your own people. But it's gonna be a spiritual language. Mm. And before they actually have you to come back to them, remember he said you're gonna to go to he's gonna be a witness in all Judea, all Samaria, all Jerusalem. He's pouring his spirit out on these 12 apostles and the Jews that was in the crowd there, you know, and they heard them. And now he poured his spirit out on the crowd, the 12 different languages to be able to hear in their own language, yeah. what the spirit was speaking to them through these apostles, yeah. 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 you know, and they heard it and they spoke. Because the spirit of God came on them as cloven tongues of fire. Cloven tongues of fire. He took over their tongue and allowed them to speak in the language of the hearers out there in the audience. So when we speak, it's not us. It's not, we're not speaking of ourselves. We speak in a language that the Holy Ghost can convict the hearts of the hearers. They ain't going to be convicted of me talking about how great I am. But when I start speaking his language, And he's giving it to us right here. We have the Holy Spirit in us that's going to quicken it to whoever hears it. If it's God's word, he's not going to quicken nobody with my words. I don't care how much emotion I put in it. I don't care how deep I sound with it. I don't care how many metaphors and examples I try to use to prove the point. It didn't say he used any of that to convict nobody in that crowd. It said, it came upon them in cloven tongues of fire. Mm. Why? Because the Holy Spirit came upon them, not me, not you, not I, not them, not bishop, whoever, apostle, whoever, prophetess, whoever. You know, and people can get caught up in drama, and they can pass that, and they get up in so much charisma and all that, and it it, 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 it speaks to people's emotion. Don't speak to their spirit. That's right. It speaks to their emotion, because sometimes people are hurting. They need to hear something. They need to be excited about something. And they go for all the wrong reasons. But the Bible said on the day of Pentecost, amen, that day when God... See, the day of Pentecost was a day of celebration. It means 50. So they were coming together like they do every year. This just happened to be the anniversary year. This was the the 50th year, okay? And so this was a special time of outpouring. And they had those times of refreshing. They had those times of renewal. They had those times of revival. It's just this time, this is a transition that's being made. Peter been preaching about it. Okay, now guess what? Paul is getting ready to pick up now to the Gentiles, and before they could do it, they had to be what? and do with power from on high. They weren't going to be effective going out here telling nobody. Think about it. They tried it with the Jews, and the Jews rejected it. Then Cornelius heard it and got filled with the Holy Ghost baptized. Now Paul is getting ready to preach it to, the, to more Gentiles. But it happened on the day of Pentecost. The Jews were there. They they received, okay? The apostles were there. They received. Mm-hmm. Anyone else that was in that crowd that day, they heard or they received. They did one or the other. Mm-hmm. And so from there, they went, the apostles went forth spreading the gospel, mm-hmm. you know, especially Paul. They went forth, man, spreading it to the Gentiles now because it had never been preached to them other than Cornelius. That was the only time. Mm-hmm. And so the Holy Spirit is for everybody who believes. But how can you believe until you hear about him? And so that's what we're talking about now, the work of the Holy Spirit. That whole setting was the work of the Holy Spirit. It was the work of the Holy Spirit. So right now, when 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 people hear the word and become convicted, it's not going to be your work, it's going to be not my work, it's going to be the work of the Holy Spirit, because that's is what we're going to be talking about, revealing these revelations of him, who the Holy Spirit is, the work of the Holy Spirit. He ain't no it, it's a he, powerful. He goes on to say there, man, you know, uh, he shall glorify me, For he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you, show it unto you. Uh, He glorifies Jesus Christ. He shows the things Christ Jesus, uh, of Christ Jesus to believers. That's what we should be doing, showing the things of Jesus Christ to every believer out there, even unbelievers, hoping that they'll become a believer. My last verse here, before we go back up to verse uh, verse, uh, 7, he says, All things that the Father have are mine, therefore said I, that he shall take of mine, and shall show it unto you. So this includes what Jesus Christ uh, wanted to reveal to them. Okay, he wanted to reveal to them about the promise of the Father before he leave, that he was praying to the Father that he send them a Comforter, a counselor, even the spirit of truth. And so I'm just going to give you one scripture and I'll save the rest of what I got to say about verse seven tonight. We're going to really delve into verse seven tonight because we're talking about the Comforter here. And I know we spent a lot of time before talking about it, but I want to go into great detail because verse 7, you know, kind of talks about him. If we miss verse 7, we might as well forget about everything we just said. Okay, but we'll go into that in a little bit more detail. But let me just read you uh, one verse of scripture about the one called the Comforter, mm-hmm. which is the Holy Spirit. And what do we say Comforter mean in the Greek? Parakletos, one who comes alongside a helper. You know he's a helper so think about that you got help you don't have to do this all by yourself you don't have to take this on by yourself you got help and so if you're out there and you want god to use you just say lord uh, help help me to be able to share with so and so help me to be able to share with whoever he'll help you he'll put you in a situation where where you know it's him uh so let me say one thing about it in the book of john chapter 14 verse 16 he says this and i will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter uh, that he may abide with you for how long forever once he comes he's not coming to for a short vacation a three-day layover the bible said he's going to abide with us forever okay so remember that okay in the time you believe you might not have knowledge that he was there but he was there okay uh verse 26 of that chapter he says this but the comforter which is the Holy Ghost, not Bishop so-and-so, Apostle so-and-so, First Lady, Lady elect. He says the Holy Ghost whom the Father, the Father will send, Jesus says, in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things. He says it right here, bring all things where, where to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Okay. And then in verse 26 of chapter 15 of John, he says, But when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the father. He didn't come from, you know, family dollar. Didn't come from wherever bookstore, Jesus bookstore, Sunrise bookstore, you know, off the shelves of the the, the bookstore in in the potter's house. He said, Even the spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the father, he shall testify of me. And so we're going to end right there. Father, we thank you. We praise you this morning for the word of God as we transition now, Lord, to comments. We just thank you for what we've heard, we've learned this morning, we've been uh, informed this morning, made aware this morning, knowledgeable now, understand more now about the comforter, the parakletos, the Greek parakletos, the one who comes alongside to help us, Lord God, to be effective witnesses of the good news of the gospel, that we don't minister things of ourselves but we minister things that flow through us through the spirit realm so we give you praise we give you glory we give you honor we welcome the work of the holy spirit right now we pray that others out there other believers out there lord god we relieve themselves of the burden lord god of trying to figure out what do i need to say how do i need to say it God, if they'll just let the Holy Spirit, you said, take no thought for what you're going to say. Let the Holy Spirit speak through you. Let the Holy Spirit bring it to you. Let the Holy Spirit be the one. But God, we must first study to show ourselves approved in the God as workmen who need not be ashamed that we can rightly divide the word of truth when that moment presents itself, when that time appears, when that person is before us and they need to hear the truth, God. We're praying the Holy Ghost, the spirit of truth will bring back to our remembrance and word our mouths, and that we will speak their language that is directed by the Holy Spirit who speaks all languages. And so, Father, we we, 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 we posture ourselves now to be effective witnesses, Lord God, and we're praying right now as we go out today God that the Holy Spirit will be our guide that he will be that Paracletos to help us to reach the lost world that's out there God and we want to be so aware God of our surroundings today we want to be so aware that we pay attention to how Jesus confirms his word with signs and wonders it's not us God we not speak of ourselves but we'll speak only of him who is the only name by which men can be saved so order our steps today order our words today. Through your word, Lord God, bring our thoughts in agreement with your will. Holy Spirit, take control. Have your way right now. Use each and everyone on this line today and anyone else that's out there in the broader audience that heard this message today. God, I pray this morning that a fresh uh, revival and a fresh refilling will come upon them right now that they may go forth and be effective witnesses under the power leading and guiding of the Holy Ghost Mm -hmm. who goes with them to perform your word. Bring it to pass now. Here's our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I am finished for this morning. We'll continue this this afternoon. Amen. Uh, On the wisdom call. Amen. Praise the Lord. participants are muted and they can unmute themselves. Alright then well praise the Lord, praise the Lord God bless everybody tonight, amen welcome, welcome, welcome all of you tonight to the Thursday night wisdom call, Bible study and comments tonight and prayer tonight, amen we give God praise tonight amen for the lesson, amen who the Holy Spirit is and, and we know who he is but now we want to take a look tonight at the work that he does being who he is the Holy Ghost God with us Emmanuel amen and we delved into this this morning we're going to pick up the study tonight and go a little bit further uh, uh take a another look uh, what the scripture says about the work that he does and just make sure we get a good clear understanding about all that he does uh, so that we don't get in his way he is that helper that paraclete and uh, once he is doing work all we have to do is just cooperate with Him and yield ourselves to Him, Amen. And uh, I tell you, He'll get the job done. So let's pray and get into the Word tonight. Father, we thank you. We praise you for another Thursday night wisdom call Bible study prayer comments God, we let's lift it all up to you, and we trust your wisdom tonight. We trust your knowledge. We trust your truth tonight. We want to be sanctified by it, increased by it, strengthened by it, made aware, of God, uh, of who God the Holy Spirit is. Of precious uh, third person of the Godhead body, the Spirit of God, the Father and you sent to us as Jesus departed, uh, finished his earthly mission. But the mission goes on. He finished his physical part. Now, God, we begin to work the spiritual part with the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God helping us. So we thank you that we have a paraclete, a a comforter you left with us. You said, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will send you the spirit of truth and so we receive him tonight we receive his instruction his teaching as he enlightens us about the work that he was sent to do in each and every one of our lives as believers so we thank you tonight now lord sanctify us to be worthy to hear this word receive this word understand this word and be able to apply this word that we may go forth and do our part to cooperate with the holy ghost knowing lord god that he knows the perfect will of god the mind of god and he do all things, Lord God, according to the will of God. And so we thank you for your word tonight. Now it's already sanctified. Let it fall on good ground. Go out and not come back void, Lord. We give you praise, glory, and honor tonight as we embark upon this journey to learn the work of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Again, I'd like to welcome all of you tonight to the Wisdom Call Thursday night, Wisdom Call Bible Study. Prayer and comments, amen. And we want to pick up our study, open up verse 7 a little bit more in the 16th chapter of the book of John. There's a lot packed in there, and we're going to dissect it a little bit more there. Amen. We covered verses 7 through uh, 15 this morning, and I wanted to go back and focus a little bit more as as the, the, the scriptures opened up this morning. Uh, we just kind of went through them to kind of get those in, but I promised you I would come back to verse 7 and dig in a little deeper tonight with that is just an important precept there that stands out at me that I need to spend some more time uh, on tonight so let's just get into this we're talking about the work of the Holy Spirit that's my subject tonight that's the revelation of Jesus Christ that we want to we want to understand he said he was gonna send us you know the comforter the spirit of truth him and the father and he's he you know he's been here ever since then And when Jesus was glorified, he came, amen, straight from the Father. So he is God with us now. And so as we read this particular verse, it says, nevertheless, I tell you, so in other words, he's saying, after everything that's been said and done, everything I've done, there's still some nevertheless that's got to be taking place, amen, because, you know, to say it and then not do it is one thing, but nevertheless, when you say it, he's going to do what he said he's going to do. He's going to pray to the father that he's sending us that Comforter, Amen. So nevertheless, you know, I tell you the truth. Amen. And so not that he had not been telling them the truth, but he just wanted to really tell them the truth about the spirit of truth. Amen. It's one thing to tell them the truth about who you are, who the father is. But now when you start talking about the spirit of truth, <clears throat> that's a whole nother nevertheless moment right there. And he says, I tell you the truth also about the Holy spirit. Uh, You know, uh, uh, telling you about the one that was going to help you because by now they're probably wondering, okay, he getting ready to leave. He gonna leave us. We're not gonna have nobody here with us. You know, we're not gonna have a comforter, a helper. But he's saying, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. I I I know what's on your mind. You know, I I know your thoughts. But I'm gonna send you help. As believers, you need help, and so I'm gonna send you some help. So we're gonna look at the the Holy Spirit and how He helps every believer. Uh, His help is to replace Christ's physical presence with them for the benefit of the believers, for their good. So that's a good thing. And that's what makes the gospel so good. You know, it's everything is done. Amen. In the absence of Jesus, physical presence, the work continues through the Holy Spirit. So it's still all done for your good, for your benefit, because we got a helper that's going to help the believers. And he says, you know, the name, the counselor, the comforter and the helper right there. And so when we look at that, he says, go not away. He says, for if I go not away, the comforter, and we're going to look at that, will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him. Now, I love that. I will send him unto you, the comforter, the counselor, and the helper. And why would he send him to us? Because there is some work that he's going to be doing through us. And we talked a little bit about that work this morning as we uh, we talked about in the book of John chapter 14, as we kind of reflected back and looked back, uh, you know, in the 14th chapter of the book of John, verse 16 the King James Bible, uh, we gave you a Greek word uh, this morning for comforter. Uh, and we said that word is parakletos, uh, meaning one to help us, one to come alongside of us. So as a believer, having received the Holy Spirit, I'm never without his presence, even though Jesus physically left, but I have his spiritual presence now. Matter of fact, he's living on the inside of us. The presence of God is in every believer who have received him. Now he gave you power to become the sons of God. You mean that, that helper, Great is he that is in us than he that's in this world, according to the book of First John chapter 4 verse 40 king james bible and so then we went on and we said that you know and i will pray the father this is jesus and he shall give you another comforter just like i was there to comfort you but he's going to give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever you know so my presence the father's presence and the presence of god the holy ghost we're all still going to be with you we're not going to leave you amen because we're one verse 26 of that chapter he says but the comforter meaning the paracletos the helper Amen. The comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. So he tells you who he is now. Now we're dealing with who he is. We're going to look at the work he's going to do. And he says, whom the father was send in my name, he shall teach you. So there is number one, all things, not some things, but all things pertaining to the spirit of truth and the spirit of God. He says, and bring all things. I love this. Bring all things. And I know you to to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Now notice what he said, have said unto you. Okay, there are going to be some things, amen, that eyes haven't seen yet, ears haven't heard, nor has it come into the heart of man yet, yet to be revealed. But everything that Jesus had already said, ain't no way them disciples going to be able to remember all of that. They too caught up in him leaving. But he took care of that. He already addressed that. He said, everything I have said, okay, because I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he's not going to come with some new stuff and spring it on me. He's only going to do what I did when I was physically with you, reveal to you what the father said. So guess what the Holy Spirit is going to do since he came from the father and from Jesus. Okay. You're going to get a double portion of what they both said. You know, that's that deutemous power. Okay. That's that deutemous power. Because when you take the word of God and the word of his son, Jesus, and you bring those two together and find out it's one word, but it's de- it carries deutemous power. Okay. And so this this is what he's saying, okay? He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna you know show you some things to come, gonna teach you some things, amen. Just like he said uh, in the word, and he says that I have said unto you now, verse twenty-six of the fifteenth chapter of the book of John. He says, but when the Comforter is come, here's another reinforcement of it. When he says, whom I will send unto you, talking to the believers now from the Father. So he's coming from the Father, number one. Even the Spirit of Truth, which proceeded from the Father, He shall testify of Me. So look at what Jesus is saying. He's gonna be sent from the Father, but He's gonna testify of Me because we're all in it together. When you see the Father, you see Me. When you see Me in the Father, you see the Holy Spirit. We're all one, with a Godhead, we're the, the Godhead body, with the Trinity. Okay, so you can't see one without the other, and they don't give you mixed messages. They all have the same message, because it all came down from the Father. Okay, and so you won't find no division, okay? You won't find no no separation, okay? You won't find no cracks in what they do, no falsityhood, no falsifying nothing, no fraudulent nothing. They all proclaim the good news of the gospel based on the truth. And so that's who Jesus was. So the Holy Ghost is right going to testify about Jesus who the way the truth and the life. He going to bring everything back to you remember that Jesus said about himself, I am that I am, you know? And who the Father said He is. You see Him, you see the Father, you see the Son, and you see the Holy Ghost. Amen. They're all right there, perfectly aligned, okay? And they're gonna be working. Whatever work they do, they're gonna do it together. Number one, He says, we're gonna teach you all things. So all three of them are teaching us all things through the word. And then he goes on in the book of uh, John chapter 16, verses 7 and 8. He says this now, they're talking about the Holy Spirit. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. This is Jesus re- reemphasizing the truth. Everything he says, the Father gave him to say about the Holy Spirit, it is the truth. Everything that, 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 that God gave uh, uh, John the Baptist, gave John the Revelator to say about Jesus, all of it is truth eyewitness all of it is truth. so everything is based on truth right now okay so when you start talking about the holy spirit he only deals in truth okay so let's see what he says right here in verse seven and eight nevertheless i tell you the truth it is expedient for you that i go away but if I go not away, the comforter, meaning the paracletos, the helper uh, that's going to come alongside of you, will not come. He didn't say maybe, he said possibility. He said he will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Verse 80 says, and when he, I love this, this reinforcement of he, third person of the Godhead body, the comforter, the Holy Ghost, the paracletos, he says, when he is come. He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. We learned those three things that he's going to do. There is the work right there. Teach you all things and then reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Gets us out of the picture. You know That's his work. He would do that. Our job is to let them grow together and God will separate when he comes. Now, he said when he comes, you know, if he don't depart, he can't come. So the one that's going to teach us all things, the one that's going to judge the sin of the world, the one that's going to judge the righteousness of the world, and the one that's going to judge all, all men, okay, so we don't have to, he's already come, okay, and he, he does not come inside of a believer until that believer believes the gospel. When you hear the gospel, you got to first hear it, now you got to believe it. The minute you believe it and receive it, you also receive the Holy Spirit, okay, you also receive him. It's not some gift you have to understand, you receive him, and you also receive what he does, okay he, he manifests the fruit of the spirit, he manifests the gifts of the spirit as the will of God is to be done. That's the only reason he does it, whatever God's will is, God manifests the fruit of the spirit if we need, if somebody needs some love. The Holy Spirit will manifest that love. Uh, The book of Romans chapter 5, verse 5, proves that out. It says he has shed love abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Proving that. Whatever we need. If somebody needs some faith, boom, the Holy Spirit, man, will produce that faith. Why? It comes by hearing the word of God. Okay? He quickens that ear. He quickens that mortal body. So everything that we need spiritually, God has already put it in his spirit. He's already there. he's, He's the one. You know, he's the one that manifests the fruit and the gifts. And there are many, many gifts, you know, that he uses to edify the body of Christ, to get the work done, to glorify God in the spirit. And so we see right there, man, what he said. Okay, so it's four things so far we've learned about the work of the Holy Spirit. He's going to teach us all things. He's going to teach us about what Jesus said, bring it back to our remembrance. And then he's going to reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So let's continue to build this case. Uh, In verse 13 of the book of John, chapter 16, okay, King James Bible, he says this. How be it when he, talking about the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, okay, is come, he will guide you into all truth. So there's another another work he's going to do. He's going to guide you into all truth. So if he's guiding me, I can't be leading him. You know, a lot of times we like to tell the Holy Spirit what to do. People would tell you that I told the Holy Spirit or I told Jesus or I told God, who are you? Who am I? Who are we to be telling them anything like he unwise and don't know nothing about us. He know our thoughts are for, he knows what's in our heart. And so he wants to guide us. Okay. Into all truth. Not us tell him what to do, you know, concerning truth or whatever. And so we need to get out of that business of saying, I told the Holy ghost. or I told Jesus or I told God, you know, Probably why sometimes things have been delayed. But if we let him be the guide, you know, he'll guide us into all truth. That's what he said. Because truth is what's best for us. False teaching, false promises, false prophecies, all them lies that have been told. None of it has come to pass. As you can see, it did us no good. But truth is what's good for us. Okay? God want us to be established in the truth. He want us to be free in the truth. You know, he want us to be truth brokers. You know, truth proclaimers, truth spreaders, truth teachers, and His word is that truth. And anything we say about Jesus that's backed up by the word, that's documented, that's truth. And that's what He wants to sanctify us. Just like when He prayed in the Book of John, chapter seventeen, verse seventeen, the King James Bible, for His disciples, although that God had given Him to continue to work, He said, "Look, Lord, you got to sanctify them with that word. That word is truth. I can't send them out here with this gospel message if they don't treat it like it's the truth." You know, because they may go out here and try to sell it. They may try to add something to it. They may try to take something from it. They want to get people so excited by it. So they might want to add their own fleshly zeal to it, which ain't a meal. But Lord, if they keep it pure and adulterate and infallible, just like you gave it to us, now you're giving the revelation. And as they're preaching the truth, they're preaching Jesus because he is the way, the truth, and the light. Nobody comes to the Father except by him. And you cannot chronically discern the word. The word is spiritually discerned. So I got to have the spirit of God living in me so he can help me discern the word because he knows the mind of God. He knows the mind of the spirit. He know my spirit. He know our spirit. He knows. And a lot of times he's silent because we're trying to do it in our spirit and not in his spirit. And that's why Paul said, you know, I have to count myself dead every day. I don't want I don't want this flesh to get in the way he said I, I know that there's a war going on inside of me all the time Paul was aware of his flesh of his human spirit but he was also aware of the Holy Spirit that he had gotten baptized by and he said that tug of war go on sometimes the things I know I should do I don't do things I ought to do sometimes I don't do Paul said because I'm I'm, I'm understanding now that I'm still being purged I'm still being you know sanctified by that word by that truth in other words, Paul was saying, you know, I, I'm trying to uh, apprehend the one that have apprehended me, you know. And so he was working at it. He was a work in progress, you know. He said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the least of the apostles because Paul said, I have not yet obtained, you know. But, but one thing I do know, you know, he said, you know, hey, hey I'm dead. I got to die daily. I'm going to count sheep for the slaughter. I don't matter, you know. It ain't I no more. It's the Christ in me. And so, you know, he, he says right there, how be it when he, the spirit of truth is come, uh, who he said, he will guide you into all truth for he shall not speak of himself. Very important. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak and will show you things to come. And so, you know, there, there's, there's the work. Now we're beginning to see the work being unveiled. The work is being laid out. Pay strict attention to the work. Okay. in this verse right here, what he's saying, again, I'm going I'm you know, I'm to I'm I'm guide you into all truth. Uh, I, you know, I'm going to help you not to speak of yourself, but to speak of, of Christ, to speak of me, to speak of the Father, because we're one. But whatsoever he, uh, he shall hear, uh, that shall he speak. He's going to teach you how to train your ear to hear what thus say the Lord, to hear him when he speaks. He right there beside you, and he has a s- subtle voice sometimes, and sometimes he has a loud voice. But you got to get used to his voice because he says, look, if you mind, you're going to know my voice. If you mind sheep, you're going to know my voice. Don't take for granted. It's automatic. You got to get some time in the presence and get familiar with his voice. I'm hearing his voice right now. you hearing his voice right now because I'm hearing his voice right now. now. This is his word. This is his voice right now. We're taking the logos, which is the written word, off of the page and we're putting some living into it and we're speaking by the spirit right now so the words that we're speaking amen they are life and they are spirit they're not flesh they're like i may be a fleshly body and an instrument god speaking through but this is word right here so now it becomes rhema living word sharp impenetrable you know powerful and and right now it's increasing your faith about the holy spirit and the work he does So now you can have faith to say nothing is impossible with God. Why? Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. And signs and wonders will follow those who believe. You know, I'm baptized in the power of the Holy Ghost. I have deutemous power because I have the spirit that God the Father sent and Jesus sent. And now I have him too. So I have deutemous power. You know, that's why greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Because he's doing that work. He's providing me with deutemous power. That's why he say greater is he. He's talking about himself. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You know, he's got Deuteron's power, no other power like his power. In the book of Acts, chapter 9, verse 31 the King James Bible, says this. This Paul now, he said, then he, Paul is teaching to the Gentiles because now, you know, we're moving forward. Jesus done been glorified, the Holy Ghost done came. And so now Paul is speaking to the Gentiles because, remember, Cornelius and his family, whole house got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Now they done moved past the day of Pentecost when all the Jews had the the spirit of God poured out on them. All the original apostles had it poured out on them. And it wasn't until Jesus left that he told them to go back into the upper room. So you have to understand now, there was originally 12. There was originally all the Jews that were there. But then afterwards, okay, afterwards, after they spoke with with, with cloven tongues of fire, now they're looking at Jesus as he's ascending and the angel speaks to them, asking why they're standing out there doing that. Now he turns around and tells them to go back into the upper room. This took place after he had poured out his spirit on those 12 apostles. And all those people that was gathered there from those 12 different uh, 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 tongues and tribes heard them speak in their very own language. Only the Holy Ghost could have did that work. Cloven tongues of to fire. Only the Holy Ghost could have came on them like that, you know, baptized them like that, caused them to speak like that in their own native language. And everybody that was there from different tribes and tongues heard them. Amazing how the Holy Spirit speaks everybody language, you know, you know, you know, and so they couldn't learn that language that language was given to them at that time to speak, so they couldn't speak of themselves. They spoke in that native tongue, and all those people man that was there from where their their land was at now would have confidence that after that the holy ghost has come upon them according to the book of acts chapter 1 verse 8 they were going to receive power now here's what they were going to do here's what he was going to do to make them a witness where were they going to witness that first they was going to witness back to jesus christ who just left he says if you don't receive me you can't be mine if you don't have him you can't be mine you got to receive everything he's telling you now he's the spirit of truth and be sanctified by it. if not you're not mine you're not sealed you're not filled you're not healed you don't have the victory So, so first they got to witness back to Jesus what just happened. Thank you, Lord, for filling me with the Holy ghost. Now they can go out and witness to all Judea, all Samaria, all of Jerusalem, places where they live. They have friends, they have businesses, they have fellowship in all these places, but they're going back now filled with the Holy ghost and power. So they're going back now with some showing up serious signs and wonders following them. They're going back now ignited with power to preach the gospel like never before. And a lot of the households are going to be saved. People are going to be baptized every place they stopped. 3,000 souls got baptized. 5,000 souls got baptized after they heard the gospel. These are Gentiles now. Didn't even know whether there was some Holy Ghost before he came. Remember the eunuch with Philip. Well, well, how did Philip get that power to baptize that eunuch? Because Philip had been baptized. He heard Peter preaching on, you know, in Acts, the second chapter, him and his four daughters. They went out prophesying. They were ignited by the Holy Ghost to go out and be witnesses in the very places where they grew up at, you know, where they had commerce, they had businesses, they lived there, they fellowshiped there, the synagogues were there. And then they were called Christians, first time in Antioch. Why? Because they were being like Christ now. they remembering what Christ was like when he was with them. They remember when John baptized him and the dove-like figure came on him. This is some of that same crowd. They done went around and told people that this is him. This is, this is the Christ. That was the Christ. And Now he's gone and he has sent a comforter got these men here, brethren, acting like this. And the rest of them are saying, we didn't even know whether there was some Holy Ghost. That's okay. You're getting ready to uh, those apostles, you know, begin to go out and teach and preach and, and, and many, many got baptized everywhere. They stopped. People got baptized in the Holy ghost, got filled with the Holy ghost, sealed with the Holy ghost, that earnest money, that down payment. Why? That was the promise of the father. Why? How are you going to do some work as a Christian without the Holy ghost? He's the one that's going to work through you the works, the the, the amazing works of God. Not you, not in your power, not in your strength, not in your might, but by my spirit, says the Lord, the book of Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. And so let's go a little further here. So that's what happened in the book of Acts. And it says, uh, you know, yeah, book of Acts chapter 9, verse 31, then had, hold on, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, it's in the book of Acts chapter 9, verse 31. It says, then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria, all these places we just talked about where he says, you're going to be a witness. Here it is right here. Paul is telling them and were edified. How were they edified? They were built up by the word. Paul is teaching them the word. Paul is under the power of the Holy Ghost right now. Peter was under the power of the Holy Ghost right now. So he's teaching them under the leading of the spirit of God. So that word is edifying. It's edifying all that was there from, from Judea, Samaria, Galilee. Remember, they all spoke their language. Because the spirit speaks everybody's language and it's convicting them, it's cutting them, it's penetrating them. And it says, you know, but, you know, in Galilee, Samaria, and were were edified and walking in the fear of of the Lord. This is what I understand about a lot of these services where you got all this hype and this emotion, but there ain't no fear of God there. If God ever show up in that place, there'll be some folk falling down on their knees. You ain't got to push them down. They can't stand up under the power of God, if it's really the power of God. You can't manufacture this. You can't conjugate this up. Your praise team can't sing that good to bring the Holy Spirit in there. You know, you got to have a clean heart. Okay? You got to have a clean heart because you cannot believe God without a clean heart. You can fake it. But see, if you got a clean heart and a pure heart that's been sanctified by the word, you can receive him now. He ain't coming into no dirty temple. He already know. He know what's in your heart. He looks at the heart. Remember that. You know. And so, all this here, here performance and all that, getting people all emotionally worked up and swinging coats and stuff at people and knocking them down and pouring oil on them and all that, pushing them down. That ain't the Holy Ghost. Doesn't operate like that. You know. And he goes on to say there, man, you know, uh, in walking in the fear of the Lord, that's what happens. And the fear of the Lord is not where you're scared because he don't give you a spirit of fear, but he's talking about reverence. He's talking about bowing down when you when he when you know it's him, you know, and you will know if it's him. You cannot stand before him. You have to bow before him. Lay prostrate if you need to, you know. If it's really him. Ain't nobody got to tell you nothing. You will know. You know, because it's his power. And he says, and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. Why do you think when Peter then went out preaching on the power of the Holy Ghost? 3,000 folks got baptized. Something happened to those people when they heard him talking about Jesus and what he had said he was going to do about the Holy Ghost coming. Something happened to have 3,000 people, souls, Gentiles, want to be baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. Something happened when they went to the next location and 5,000, same thing happened with 5,000. They didn't change the message. Peter and them now operate under the power of the Holy Ghost. It's not them anymore, but it's the Christ in them. Same thing with Paul. You read throughout the book of Acts, everywhere they stopped, man, thousands of souls were added. Because they didn't go out in their own wisdom, their own knowledge. They, the, the Holy Spirit, the Paraclete, paracletos, the comforter, was walking alongside of them to do one thing, what God said he was going to do, going to perform the word of God with signs and wonders. You know? He was going along with them to perform his word. And as they preached the word and he heard the word, that's what's going to get the job done. The word ain't coming back void. It's spiritually discerned. And he goes on to say there, man, and they were multiplied. You know, 3,000 here, 5,000 here, 10,000. I mean, people just getting saved all over the place. Why? The Holy Ghost was convicting them. These apostles weren't speaking in their own. Man, they were speaking under the power and guidance of the Holy Ghost who was in them now. He goes on to amen to say, you know, we're still talking about the confidence of paraclete. So, uh, let's take a look now. Uh, Yeah uh the, 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 his work amen, what he does uh in the book of uh scroll a little further here okay here okay in the book of uh John chapter sixteen verse fourteen, and it says, he shall glorify me for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you so that Jesus talking now about the Holy Ghost that him and the Father going to send to you look at what he says as he does the will of God, just like I did, I glorified the Father, so now he's going to glorify me. Okay? He's going to glorify me. Well, what are we going to do as believers filled with the Holy Ghost? We're going to glorify him. And in glorifying him, we're glorifying them. But people don't even want to talk about the Holy Ghost. They want to call him an it. They want to you know, blaspheme him. And, you know, Bob said that that's a sin that will not be forgiven. Blasphemy of the Holy spirit. Let me, let me take a second here, man, and tell you what that's talking about. That's not talking about, uh, well blasphemy in the Holy spirit is this when the Holy spirit, especially in these last days, when you're going through some situation or you, or something happens in these last days and it will happen. You're not to speak in your own wisdom and your own knowledge. You feel with the Holy ghost as believers and you are to allow him to tell you what to say. Okay. That's that new tongue that he's talking about. It ain't, it's a new tongue. Okay. A new language that you can't learn. He gives it to you when you need to be able to speak and defend the gospel. You can't, you can't, you know, premeditate this. You know, you can't say "Well, this is what I'm going to say. You don't know what you're going to say. But the Holy Ghost knows what needs to be said. And this is why we got to build this relationship with him. That's that's also building a close relationship with God and the Son. They all are going to be speaking to us through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to speak to those who oppose us, those haters, those bashers out there, those unbelievers, those unrighteous folks. He's going to speak to them through us. He's not going to go directly to them. That's what he saved us for and filled us for. That's why he showed us through Peter and Paul, all these apostles, how after that the Holy Ghost came upon them, how they were able to be effective witnesses. It wasn't them anymore. You know, it wasn't their ability to fish and tell fish stories and war stories. All that was over with. They had the cross now. You know, they, they were suffering now. They were dying daily now. Why? Because the Holy Spirit had came and lived inside of them and greater was he. So, so they, they couldn't go back and gravitate back to what they, they, they lost them testimony. They forgot about how many fish they caught. Now they were talking about nothing but Jesus Christ, man, and what he had said when he was with them. They had a whole different language, a whole different conversation. And the Holy Spirit was giving them what to say. When Peter didn't want to go to Cornelius' house, man, the Holy Ghost spoke to him. He had to go. When he got there, the Holy Ghost told him what to say. And when he said it, man, bam, the Holy Ghost fell and baptized Cornelius and his whole house. And that wasn't the only house. He went on to the next place in Joppa, 3,000 souls. Once the Holy Ghost loosed their tongue and started speaking through, through His spirit, through the Spirit man, they couldn't, they couldn't turn it off when they ter- was turned on. Out of their bellies began to flow rivers of living water. It wasn't them anymore. Paul said, it wasn't I anymore. It was the Christ in me." And they didn't go out talking about some different Jesus, some different Holy Ghost. All of those apostles and prophets and, man, he said, hey, there's no foundation that can be laid that was greater than what they laid. It was all done by the spirit who knitly, fitly, rightly joined them together to form a great cloud of witnesses that Hebrew talks about. We're surrounded by a greater cloud of witnesses. These folk voices are still speaking today because we're reading about what they said. Because it was God's word that never dies. It was quickening them just like it's quickening us right now. As we read what Paul said, read what Peter said, read what Jesus said, read what the Holy Ghost brought back to, I remember what he said, all based on truth. And he knitly fitly joined them together so he could work through them and work with them, the paracletos, the helper, walking alongside of them to perform the word of God. And they weren't speaking the word of God, there was no performance, there was no miracles, there was no sign, nobody got baptized. But when they began to say what does said the Lord, you ask the second chapter, Peter spent a whole chapter, man, just talking about what had happened. And at the end, they said, what must we do? These were all Jews. These were, these were people from different places. Some of them had been baptized under repentance by John. But they had not been spiritually baptized yet. Now, some of them knew that what had happened to Jesus when John baptized him, they knew because they had talked about it when it happened. Everybody didn't hear the Holy ghost speaking and saying or God speaking and saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. But they saw him come up out that water. It was very physical, but John saw it. Jesus saw it, you know, and some others saw it. And then they recognized right away. Immediately. The Bible says uh, in the book, I want to say Matthew, the third chapter, it says uh, Luke, the fourth chapter, it said immediately. Okay. He was led by the spirit into the wilderness. He didn't just go on his own. He was ready. He was led there by the spirit. The spirit is working in him now. Getting ready to do more work in him now. You know, and it says he was full of power. The Holy Ghost, Duleman's power. What nothing Satan could do to him. Why? Because he had the word readily available. And the first attack, the first tempting, he said, no, Satan, it's written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. That's the Holy Ghost talking through Jesus. Bringing back what Jesus had spent learning Bringing it back to him, just as clear. And that's the same thing he does for us. Jesus didn't have to premeditate anything. He knew he had been approved by the Father. The Father was going to give him what to say the minute he was tempted. That's a word for somebody right there. And so he goes on to say, man, in verse 15 of John, the 16th chapter, King James Bible, all things, not some, all things that the Father hath of mine, this is Jesus talking, therefore said I, that he shall take of mine And shall show it unto you. And so he's saying right now that everything that the father has given me. I have given to you to include the Holy Spirit, which the father and I both have given to you. He gave him to me. So now I'm giving him to you. So the father, in other words, he's saying, I'm giving you what the father gave me. So it didn't come directly from me. It came from me and the father, but it just came through me because I'm the one that told you. It's expedient that I leave so that the promise of the Father can come. That came through Jesus. That message, that communication came through Jesus. So they was expecting what Jesus said to be true, and it came to pass after he was glorified. You know, and so, it, it, you know, the word bears bears witness to that. In the book of Acts, <coughs> chapter 1, verse 8, and talking about the work of the Holy Spirit, doesn't happen. The work doesn't begin. I don't care how many cars you watch for the church to raise money, how many chicken place you sold, oxtail place you sold, cakes you bake sale. Don't care how, how much of that stuff you did before the Holy Ghost came. It did not account to anything spiritual. It was all works of righteousness. Great, great. So your pastor and them had a great anniversary. Y'all had a great church celebration. But if nobody in there was baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, That's all it was, just a good time in the flesh. And I'm not knocking nobody, it's just where people are at. And that's the extent of what they believe about the Spirit. Okay? And without the Holy Spirit, you know, you you, you can't please God in the Spirit without the Holy Spirit. And yeah, your your colors were great, the pictures were great, y'all had a great time, you know, you had praise and all that was great. But if nobody walked out of the field baptized sealed with the Holy Spirit, you know it. It would you just came in and 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 celebrated in the flesh, and that's not to knock anybody. Until you come into that knowledge of the truth, you cannot be free. And there are those man who who forever learning, but they never come into the knowledge of the truth. And so let's look here. He says in the book of Acts chapter one verse eight. A lot to be learned from this verse. Okay. This happened to the Jews who required a sign, remember, and wonders. It also happened to the 12 original apostles, and it's going to happen some more to some other people when they go in the upper room, under 20 apostles, okay? But this was the first initial outpouring right here. Why? It's because you had people coming from 12 different tribes, and you had 12 apostles, and the Lord was not going to do it directly himself, but he was going to work through them because he had chosen them. He's getting ready to make a transition. So it's important that they see this and hear them speaking in their perspective tongues so that the work now can begin anew through them and afresh. But it wasn't going to be them. It was going to be the Christ in them. So let's look at what he says here to that particular group of people and for others that had came there from different tongues and different tribes, a lot of different people there. Let's Let's see the work of the Holy Ghost right now. He says, And ye shall receive power. Okay, the Holy Ghost is going to produce power in you. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, to Jesus, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Holy Spirit cover a lot more ground than we do in the flesh. You know, look at what he Look at the work, man. He's saying I'm going to do through you. When you receive, after you receive the Holy Ghost, after you receive me, after you receive the, the Paracletos, the Helper, the Comforter, the Guide, you won't know how to go into all truth. You ain't gonna go into all these places. I'm not just saying you. I'm I'm speaking to anybody out there that's a believer, and we're not the only believers, y'all. So don't 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 just think I'm I'm pastor just talking to me. He's picking on me. No, I'm not. I'm talking to all believers. This is a universal message right here. The Holy Spirit is universal. I know we got a whole lot of other things out there that we call the Holy Spirit, but this is the this is the genuine truth about the Holy Spirit right here if you don't have this Holy Spirit right here, you're not going to witness anywhere effectively you're gonna appeal to people's emotions you know you won't even know how to pray effectively without the Holy Spirit matter of fact in the book of romans chapter eight well let's let's look at romans the book of Romans chapter eight verse sixteen. He says the spirit talking about the holy spirit itself and it should be himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of god if he don't bear witness that means he didn't approve remember now the, the bible said earlier yesterday when we were talking about how jesus proved everything that was said so so here it is right here now if he don't approve that means it's not the holy spirit you know you know, your spirit has got to be right in order to be right with his spirit so you can walk together in agreement. That's the two that should walk in agreement before you and two others out there with two legs walk in agreement. Because if you got the spirit of God in you and i got the spirit of God in me, it can't do nothing but be agreement. Can't be nothing but agreement. If you're in and I'm in darkness, ain't no way. Ain't no way. So it's important within the body of Christ that we all be baptized in the Holy Ghost because the scripture says this, God has given gifts to the body, and those gifts are us, you know, the apostles, the prophets, you know, that people said the fivefold ministry, ain't no such thing in the Bible. I know they called it that, okay? But you have to remember now, when were those apostles most effective? Laying the foundation. So there's no more foundation that needs to be laid. So all these people around talking about, I'm an apostle. Th- those foundations were laid by the eyewitnesses. Those apostles were eyewitnesses. You don't have no apostles today, eyewitnesses, to nothing. That's already, this already happened back there, 2007, 10, 50 years ago. So running around here with a title talking about you an apostle and all that, yeah, if you point yourself to be an apostle, but you're not an original apostle, because you were not an eyewitness there. You wasn't there when Jesus laid out there, gave the original inspiration to them, and they laid the foundation. And there is no other foundation that can be laid. So go ahead on and and, and thank you got some power in your title as an apostle. That's fine if that's what you want to do. But it's not these apostles that he talked about here that he gave to the body then, okay, to build those churches, to build them up, to lay that foundation. That was the initial work. And he said, there's no greater foundation, so you lay all the false teaching you want to out there. He said, there is no greater foundation than this that can be laid, that was laid by the prophets and the apostles. Talking about the original major prophets, the original minor prophets, you know. And we know their names. Pastor Eric went down the list yesterday in his comments, or this morning. You know, so there, there, you know, there's nothing new out there, okay? God is going to come one day and do a new thing, but it ain't now. You ain't doing no new thing. He's going to come and do a new thing. You know, when you get the Holy Ghost, it is a new thing. Old things have passed, away; behold, all things have become new, you know. And so he says right here, man, the Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Get the Holy Ghost and let somebody else get the Holy Ghost. Now we can all supply something to the body of Christ, amen, that the body of Christ can edify itself in love. And we have to do that until we all come into the unity of the faith. What faith? faith in the same god faith in the same son and faith in the same spirit yeah yeah that's it by faith because you can't see him nobody can see god and live but we look in the word the perfect law of liberty we continue there and eventually he starts to reveal to us and the more we hear this word the more power we receive because it's spiritually discerned and god ain't gonna give you more word without giving you more spirit so you can discern more of the word And he goes on to say in the book of Romans, chapter eight, verse 26. I love this area here that he helps us. He says, likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. You know, those shortcomings, those things we don't like to talk about. You know, we try to keep secret. We try to hide. You know, we try to have a smiling face and look so good and sound so good. And we dress up in our best anointed dress and our anointed shoes and anointed wig and anointed fingernails and all that stuff. And people started telling folks, you look so anointed, you look so eloquent, you a queen. That's that's what they call them people in the church these days, kings and queens. Not children of God. Look what he said back up there about children of God, you know. Now they they call them queens and kings. You know, our king, you know. Making your apostle your bit your king, his wife your queen. And dressing them up like that, throwing money at their feet, man, just doing all kinds of stuff, man, taking away from the gospel, you know. But look at what the Holy Ghost said. Likewise, the Spirit helpeth thy infirmity. he help you get over that stuff so you can, you can know the truth, and the truth will make you free. For we know not what we should pray for. We don't know what to talk to God about. Most of the time, we ain't going to talk and be truthful anyway. We ain't going to be transparent. We're going to, like we said earlier, tell God what we want to tell God. You know, we're not going to speak with him. We're going to tell him what we want to tell him. If you listen to people, they'll give it away. They'll say, I told God, pastor, I told God, pastor, I told God. What did you tell God? Some more lies about your feelings, about all that you're going through again. Basically, if you tell them anything, that's all you can tell them because the Holy Ghost ain't revealed nothing to put him in remembrance of. And if you listen to people, man, it's a dead giveaway how empty they are. I told God. The Holy Ghost don't tell God. If the Holy Ghost is in you, he's speaking through you. What did he say he's going to do? Teach you all truth. Why? Because God watches over his word to perform it. He ain't watching over. He, he knows your problems already. He knows your struggle. You don't have to spend five hours telling God about all you done been through. How many years are we going to spend telling God stuff he already know? About my problem, that is. Give him some answers. He goes alongside of us with us, man, to perform his word. Bring his word to pass. Last thing sometimes we, 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 we tell, we, we say to God or t- speak with God about is his word. You know, Lord, you promised me this. You promised me healing if I do this. You know, that's the conversation he wants to have right there. Now the Holy Ghost can do some work <clears throat> because he said we should, because we don't know what we should pray for as we ought. Telling you right there, he pointed out to you. We don't, we don't, we don't know spiritually what we should do as we ought to. Ain't nobody can sit on their phone and tell me they do. You know, I don't. That's why I depend on the Holy Spirit to reveal things to me. As I was coming down the road today, man, they had an accident there, and I said, I'm not gonna make it in time. I told Pastor, Sean, I'm gonna pull over right here on the side of the road and have this class on the side of the road. And it was like the Holy Spirit, man, was just telling me, you do what you have to do. God'll make a way. And that's exactly what I said. Traffic came to a standstill 15 miles from home. Wasn't gonna stop the word from going forth. Because the Holy Spirit quickened me just like that. The minute that thought came in my mind, right away I responded. Well, I just pull over right here. I got my tablet. I got my, I got Wi-Fi in the, in the truck. You know, I just pull over right here, man, and have church right here. See, that was the Holy Spirit. You know, keeps you ready. Because I, you know, I didn't know what to do, what to say. But you know, the, but the Spirit Himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. You know, it's it's, it's like the day of Pentecost with those apostles. You know, he, he, he said some things through them that could not be uttered by them. But it was the Holy Spirit speaking that language of everybody that was there through them. Okay, you know, and so so it is. Uh, in the book of Revelations, chapter 22, verse 17, listen at this. Likewise, I'm, I'm sorry, it says, and the Spirit and the bride say, come, and let him that hear it say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Now, three, four times in there, he says, come. Now, you have to remember now, after that, the Holy Spirit comes, okay? He's going to continue the work after he comes. And he's saying, let him come, okay? If you are thirsty, let him come. Let him come and do what? Take care of your thirst anybody thirst and hunger for god's righteousness they shall be filled what do you think he was talking about you shall be filled with in the book of matthew fifth chapter if you hunger and you thirst for more of his righteousness remember now the book of romans says in the book of romans chapter 14 verses 16 to 17 it said the kingdom of god is not meat and drink okay but it's righteousness there it is you're gonna be filled with peace and joy in the holy ghost talking about the fruit of the spirit so if i have the holy ghost He's going to fill me with righteousness and peace and joy, love, faith, patience, meekness, gentleness, self-control, you know, patience, long-suffering, gentleness. He's going to fill me with all those spiritual fruit. Okay? And it's going to be living, you know. That fruit is going to be living. It's going to be active. Why? Because people are going to need love. They're going to need peace. They're going to need joy. They're going to need faith. Okay? And if the message that God gives us don't produce those things in a person, obviously then the message is not coming from the Spirit who produces all those fruit and those gifts to edify people in the body of Christ. Edify them in what, Pastor? Love, peace, joy, righteousness, you know, faith, you know. You got to get the fruit of the Spirit first. Why? Because of the works of the flesh, I got to counter that because there's consequences for the works of the flesh, okay? But the Bible says there's nothing against the, the fruit of the Spirit. There, there, there's no law against it. Why? You start out with love, everything else hang on love, operate in love. The gospel we preach in faith <clears throat> without compromise, there's no law against it. Everything else, though, has consequences. Lying, murdering, cheating, all the adul- adultery, fornication, all homosexuality, lesbian, all those things have consequences. Most of them are abomination to God. But there is no law against the fruit of the Spirit now. Because it's based on truth. It's based on promise, a promise that God made. I'm going to send you the Spirit of truth. He's going to teach you all things. He's going to show you what is not against the law. Amen. So he says there, you know, in the Spirit and the bride say, come. So listen to what he's saying. The Holy Ghost is saying... Come, Lord. The bride, meaning the church, we, we the makeup, we're the eglise, we're the called out, consecrated, separated ones, filled with the Spirit. So listen to what he said now the Spirit and the bride. There, 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 there's a revelation there, y'all, as we prepare to close. The Spirit and the bride. Look at how they're working together to say the same thing. It didn't say the Spirit or bride, it said the Spirit and bride. So there's, there's got to be a cooperation there, there's got to be a collaboration there. In other words, We have to walk in agreement with the spirit. Can't be doing my own thing. Okay. That, that word and that conjunction and binds us together with the spirit of God as believers. And since he said, listen, that the order he said things in, he says, likewise, the spirit, I'm sorry. He says, and the spirit and the bride. Okay. Now you see that order right there. That's the order we have to keep it in. This is what gets me when people say, I told God, like I'm in charge. And God works for me. He comes after me. Such audacity, you know, insulting. But he says, in the spirit. That's the first one right there that has to speak. His final. And then he said, and the bride. You speak after him. You speak what he gives you to speak. What will be given to you. If you don't, that's blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. That's blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. That's why he put that in this order right here. And it's in Revelation The 22nd chapter, verse 17, almost at the end of life cycle, of this life cycle in this dispensation of life that we're in right now. So all throughout the time that Jesus was glorified, he was glorified and the Holy Ghost came upon them. Look at the work of the Holy Spirit. We just went over several scriptures, man, of his work, what he's doing, teaching us all things, teaching us all truth, bringing things to our remembrance. Look, Look at what he's doing, judging the world, reproving the world of sin and righteousness, you know, didn't, didn't say anything in there about he was doing that to the bride. He said the world, okay? Because he's saving the bride, you know, he's working out the spots and the wrinkle that he may present her to himself without spot or wrinkle when he return. He ain't coming back for the world, he's coming back for the bride. And so the bride has got to line up with the spirit and say what the paracletos who helped us how to speak God's language. We got to go by what he says, because the words that we speak in the book of John, chapter six, verse 63, are the same words that Jesus spoke because he was filled with the Holy Ghost. We're filled with the Holy Ghost. So there should be no difference in what we say and what he says. That's what the Holy Ghost is going to bring back to our remembrance if we teach ourselves how to speak according to the word of God. That's why Paul said there's no longer I. There ain't no power in me without the Holy Ghost. And even with the Holy Ghost, I still got to have the gospel. Because that's the power in the salvation. I got Deuteron's power now. I can lay hands on the sick. They recover. You do too. You know, speak with a new tongue. Drink any dead thing. poison, It's not going to harm you. You can cast out demons. We have that power. But when it comes down to salvation, that power comes through the gospel, okay, the word of God, which is spiritually discerned. And if I've got the Holy Ghost and I speak under the power of the Holy Ghost, the influence of the Holy Ghost, the leading God of the Holy Ghost, guess what? I'm speaking spirit and I'm speaking life. We're speaking spirit and we're speaking life. And we have power in our speech. Guess what? To speak life to dead stuff and cause it to live prophesied to it. Dry bones all around us. And we also have the power to speak life and death in the power of our tongue. Some things need to die. And don't exclude myself. There are things that Paul said in him is in us that have to die daily. We have to count ourselves as sheep for the slaughter in order for the Holy Ghost to rule and reign and operate in us as the bride of Christ. Ain't coming in no on dirty temple. We have to present our bodies to Him every day as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, without a spot or without a wrinkle. Pastor, how do I do that? You use your words, Father. I present my body to You right now as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, without a spot or without a wrinkle. Those are the words that He told you to say, and the bride all of. Or the bride, I won't say take pride in that, but the bride ought to obey and do what he said, do. Say what he said. That's that's the language right there that he's trying to teach us to speak his language. He responds to that language. What do you think is gonna happen when you say, I present my body to you? You're taking it away from you now, from 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 your stewardship, and you're placing it under his guidance and his direction. Now he can use you that day however he sees fit. We don't know how to we don't know what, what to do, except the Holy Spirit and God. Tell us what to do, show us what to do, and go with us to work through us to do it. I told Pastor Sharon this: this particular three days, we've done more witnessing to people that we met randomly out at the at out at out the Grassley Creek. Man, we 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 was witnessing to everybody out there. It was just boom. We find ourselves in conversation. Alex was out there witnessing yesterday to another truck driver he met out there. Boom. I mean. I probably had seven or eight different encounters where we shared the good news of the gospel. I met a brother from Cuba, retired, so i We talking about Jesus. The Lord let me speak a little Spanish. I said, "Glory adios, gracias, Jesus." The dude like to freaked out when he heard me speaking Spanish. I learned that down in Panama. Glory to God. You know, bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And man, he started speaking back to me, and I understood some things he was saying. We had fellowship right there, man, on the water. All the way from Cuba, and his daughter brought him out there and dropped him off, retired veteran, and me and him and her stood there, man, and talked about the Lord, glory to glory to glory to God. I said, Look at God, look at God. You know then, met another guy, man, and we were talking and got to talking about the Lord. Stayed out there with him, man, at nighttime. The dude was, he said, I come out here, man, and just enjoy the peace of God out here on the water. Come to find out he's struggling with PTSD, man. Wonderful brother. He ate deployments, man. He was a, a, a you know, a, a special forces guy, man. Wonderful guy named Mike, man. We just had fellowship. I went to fish, ended up, man. Stood there with my pole in my hand, man. He's sitting in the swing, swinging back and forth. He had been out there all day. I said, "What?" He went over there. I said, "What's up, man?" He said, "Man, this has got a lot on my mind." And he said, "I just can't meet no people to help me get through this." He said, "I don't talk to counselors. I don't talk to you know psychiatrists." He said, "I'm seventy percent PTSD, but I believe I'm more than that." I said, "Man, you right down my alley, dude." And we started talking. The conversation went from PTSD. We started glorifying God. I started telling him, "Ain't nothing too hard for God." And he was out there saying, amen, praise the Lord, the sun going down. Don't tell me, man, you know, that the Holy Spirit will not put you in a situation where he'll give you what to say to the people that need to be said to And you know what was so amazing? Not one of these individuals that I talked to, man, was an African-American. They were all white, Caucasians, and a Cuban brother. And male and female. One lady all the way from North Carolina came down here to camp for two weeks. Couldn't get rid of her. You know, but we were sharing the good news of the gospel, and I was trying to get rid of her because I thought she was about something else, but mm-mm, man, she was hungry for God. See, that anointing would do that. People you want to get rid of because you prejudge them, you got to let God judge them. You got to let God judge them, of right- approve them of righteousness, you know, and of judgment. And the day when I went back out there, man, before I left to come home, she was right there closing out, signing out. And she said, I so thank God for meeting you, sir. You just don't know how you've encouraged me. I said, amen. Praise the Lord. She said, I hope I pass cross again. I said, well, if God got anything to do with it, sister, Betty Lee. It'll happen. Praise God. All right, then we're going to go ahead and end right here tonight. Hopefully you've gotten something out of the word tonight. Amen. We went back and took a look at the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All the way from beginning to end. And so we're going to transition right here get to our comments tonight. Amen. Praise God.